And don't meet me either. By the way, that's the first thing you come up with on the uh, podcast as we start recording. Someone's listening. <laughs> don't meet me either. Or threaten to like you do every week. So go on then, explain yourself, Rimmer. All right, Bacon Butty is a poor, poor food choice. Not from any nutritional standpoint, although I could argue against it that way. Just from a, Bacon's a poor cut of meat. I don't get the... It's just overrated. doesn't taste that great. It's got far too much fat around it. It's fiddling with and everything like that. And on a butty, there's, there's not enough filling to sandwich ratio. Okay. First of all, you're not cooking your bacon long enough. Anybody... Oh, right. Like right. Whoa, 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 whoa. Right. So... I'm giving you your platform. You're getting muted to... in a minute. <laughs> right. And secondly, when you say it's not, it doesn't fill a sandwich enough, it doesn't. you're clearly not putting on enough rashers. No, you, you clearly are. It's just not, it's just a poor quality meat. There's far better choices out there. No, no, but that's Good. not the point. Well, yeah, you could argue maybe like steak sandwich or whatever. But the fact hey. is, we're, you're saying avocado on toast. Is better than a bacon boy. I, I'm 100. I think it's a far superior breakfast. I don't think I can carry on with this podcast today. No, I'm like we were saying before before we come on before Rimmer went off and got his avocado. Was that <laughs> like would you would you miss an avocado in your life? I don't think I would. No. See, I wouldn't miss bacon. I, I like bacon on a burger. I like chicken breasts wrapped in bacon, things like that. But some, the rest of beyond that, it's 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 an overrated piece of meat. It's, it's... Is it overrated or is no bacon? No, but yeah, smell and everything off bacon. Every, everyone raves about them, and it's like the other one in the fitness industry. Everyone goes, "Oh, peanut butter!" Everyone raves about peanut butter. It's yeah, horrible. Yeah, horrible. It's it's. Decent, it's just not. No, do you remember, no. the, do you remember it, it was like healthy whenever you saw peanut butter? Thinking the milk. Oh, organic <laughs> peanut butter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like two thousand calories in a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's another it's wrong. It ruins. It doesn't make anything better. Putting a sandwich ruins it. Chocolate ruins it. Cake ruins it. Well, that's just peanut butter on toast as like a snack. It ruins the toast. I'd rather have toast than butter. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. All right, mate. <laughs> I mean, Mate, I like a bit come of at, come at me. Come at me. Well, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Think so. <laughs> yeah. Nice though. Anyway, let's get on. I feel like we're going to talk nutrition today. We've, I we've feel like we're going to talk nutrition Jonesy. today. I feel like we've gone to his trap, Jonesy. It's probably about time we do because 14 episodes. Today's number 14, and we've not properly spoken about nutrition yet. And we had a bit good gym chat last week. <laughs> And I feel, <laughs> I, right, to be fair, right, so I've got one. So Jones doesn't like talking about nutrition because, like, you know, I, I think it makes him feel bad, something like that, particularly when I saw Gav put a picture on uh, Instagram before. So Gav, who we had on a couple of weeks ago, put a picture on Instagram before saying, Dad bod, mate, he's in better nick than you. He's going to be training you soon. <laughs> he's in good nick, in it, I saw that. Hey, hey, good over, Gav. Have you noticed that New Zealand's not in lockdown, by the way? Yes. Gyms are open. Neely, are you hearing excuses here? <laughs> just... I think he was making a point and then... Don't, 
Put the shovel down nearly. Let him dig out the hole himself. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's going to have to be a deep hole, to be fair. Or a big hole. A big, <laughs> big hole. <laughs> <laughs> right, anyway, I had one that... Uh, I don't know if you guys saw it on social media over the, the weekend. It didn't kick off, but... Um, someone posted a... They scrubbed out the names, couldn't find out who exactly it was and everything like that, but uh, a trainer blasting a client and they, they, in fact they actually sacked their client because their client put a picture on of them having a burger on you know, so, back in the last week something like yeah. that not mate 100% gave it all that I work really hard if you're putting these plans together by the way if you're not serious about your nutrition blah 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 all that kind of stuff and it resulted in uh, like the, the other rant and then, anyway if you're serious about your nutrition I've got a spot just opened up because I've sacked this person <laughs> it's like Jesus, what a sales pitch that is. Wow. That's like the same as when PTs like put the availability on Instagram or clients check in with me on Instagram. It's like, fucking make a phone call or speak to me. I don't put it on Instagram. Like, this is me off. Oh, nearly firing shots. <laughs> it's annoying though. you got to admit, it's like, no, you've not. You've got loads of availability and you need some clients who put it on Instagram. Like, well, you're oh, doing it in a way to make yourself uh, yeah. look busy and feel good. Yeah, well, back to that post. I saw that. Did he put something like, I only take on people who are like serious or... Yeah, something like that. You've got to be taking nutrition seriously and this isn't doing it and, and blah, 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 blah. And in the end, sack the client because they'd had a burger and they'd put on a picture of it on... Um, Instagram saying how much they're enjoying this burger, and so therefore they'd seen that the, their trainer had seen it on Instagram and uh, and nailed them on it. Hey, you, if you found out who the person was, you could have sent him your picture of you eating your burger. And you would have got yourself a new client. Um, <laughs> that was part of going through my head. <laughs> so I, couldn't, I couldn't find because they scrubbed the names out. I couldn't find out who the trainer was because I was, so was going to go by that way, not like message the client or whatever, but I was going to like at least make a post out of it and things like that. Yeah, but, uh, that's mad I can't get my head around that I've heard of that before though. I've heard of trainers do that who we know loosely or would know have said things like that <laughs> <laughs> Neely's angry today isn't he mate I... he again mate I'm bald <laughs> <laughs> at least you've not got a wife beater on this week you look like proper angry with that on um, yeah I was going to say like I think I don't know whether because I've been like PTing longer than you guys, but like literally about 10 years ago, my approach wouldn't have been anywhere near as strong as that. But there would have been a case of like, I guess more of like that's off your diet plan. If you know, like you've gone off track with it, you know, you've gone off piece, you've had a cheat meal or whatever. I'd have been that would have been more kind of like where my approach was then. But then obviously learning more and doing more and I guess growing. Um, you you sort of obviously come away from that massively, but I'd have never got to that stage where you've gone, I've never ever gone that way. You don't want it enough, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's if you're not taking nutrition seriously because you're having a burger, like do one. That's like, for me, again, I, I get what you're saying, Nearly, I've seen people do it, but that's way, like it creates big issues for me with, with clients if you're having that approach of where you're sort of giving them a bollocking for stuff they've been eating. But I think... That just goes that the client that's not the right client for that kind of trainer. Yeah. Like so, 
you know, this sort of desperation to sign clients up. Like I was talking to a, a client this morning about it, about the actual probably the training aspect of personal training is probably 10%, maybe 20%, just make sure you've got the right program. But a lot of it is getting up to understand who's in front of you. Like, how do they think? How do they work? What their goals are? What potential issues there might be? You know, and building that working relationship and that trust and understanding where they're coming from instead of just like blasting them saying, here's your plan, here's, here's your nutrition. Don't you dare um, go off that and I'll speak to you once a week. It's like, that's, you might as well just go on the internet and get something, download it. Do you know what I mean? But from a, co- from a coaching point of view, you just, you've got to find out who's in front of you. And I'm sure there are people out there who, you know, they'll get a plan, nutrition, training, and stick to it rigidly and, and you know, tick all the numbers and high-five that trainer that's given to them. But, yeah, from that trainer's point of view, they, they got it, they've got it wrong from the start. Like, they've not set expectations or, you know, they've not done the due, due diligence on the person in front of them and, and found out if they're the right kind of client for them. Just from reading the post, it smacks of, I guess, like a one-size-fits-all approach to me. When I, like, when I read it, and the the wording things that seem to me like I'm not saying the plans are rigid, are rigid or anything like that. That you know the, the plan that trainer was giving out might have been you know different for each person, but it's definitely in terms of like this is your plan. You do that end of. There's no you know flexibility or fluidity to that. It's a case of you do it or like my my way the highway. And I think like what you're saying there, Jones, is that breeds that doesn't breed a, a trusting relationship. And I think that's a, a big thing that you need because you, if you're going to go down the road of like nailing your clients, if they go off, if they go off script, so to speak, or they have a slip up or a mistake or, you know, something that might not even be sort of their fault, so to speak, then, you know, you, you breed an environment where they're likely to hide things from you. And then you get to the point where they're not getting results and you're going, well, I'm going to meet, you know, everything you're doing you're saying you're sticking to the plan and they're not it's going to you know it's leading one way where they're going to they're not going to get results they're going to fall off and they're not going to be any you know any better off for having spent money on a, on a personal trainer um you know you, you you need to have that environment where the client feels that they can talk to you honestly say look this is what's happened and not be getting the hairdryer treatment yeah yeah, I agree. That's the thing. It's like with, I think I've said it a few weeks ago, like diet plans, they don't work because we're human beings with emotions and things happen and events. Same with your training plan, isn't it? If you walked into a gym and your trainers give you back squat, leg, put, leg press, what about the gym's full that day and I can't get on it and you haven't educated your client to say, you know what, you didn't need to back squat today, you could do a goblet squat or something else. You know what I mean? I think it's the same with diet as well. Like, here's what we're kind of aiming for. Yeah, it might say chicken and broccoli five times a day, whatever it is, but it's educating that person to go, you know, here's your protein, here's your carbs, here's your fats, here's what calories are in stuff. And like you say, then they can be a bit open to guide their own way with what they want to do. And that's where it's the coaching versus the, um, I don't even know what that trainer is. Like, is it a trainer? I don't know. How do we... (laughs) How do we describe that person? I don't know. It's like know. dictatorial, isn't it? It's case of, you know, this is your plan. You, you you stick to it and you follow it. You know, if it says, you know, 
whatever porridge for breakfast, then chicken and broccoli and rice for two of the next three meals or whatever, and then just chicken and veg, chicken and broccoli for the for the third meal. It's like you do that end of, and you know you weigh out all your food and things like that. There's no, I guess, kind of a thought of what's going on in that client's life, that person's life. You know, what's their job like? What's the home life like? You know, have they got you know small kids, things like that. There's no thought of any other demands that are on that client. And then it becomes, I guess at some stage it becomes a stress because if they're feeling like torn between sorting everything out with work and the family and sticking to their their diet plan, there's only one way it's going to go. And we're all going to have times where, you know, you might have a six, eight, 12 week window where you can do, you can follow that diet plan, commit to it, get wicked results. But chances are at some stage, you know, kids are going to need you work's going to get busy or whatever you're not going to be able to just keep following that plan and like you said Neil, the there's no education of what you do then and that's where we get into that issue where we see people these wicked before and afters but you don't see like an after after six months <laughs> down the line the happily ever after yeah, yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> i like that the happily ever after but chances yeah. are it's an unhappily ever after because they haven't learned anything so when they like say that all they've learned is how to follow that that plan and it's like but you, you see it a hell of a lot with people who go up on stage don't you yeah you know like they get in like they they sacrifice a hell of a lot graph their ass off follow a plan to the to the gram and to the rep, you know, get in great shape, jump on stage, do however, and then you see like a month, two months later, like the weights just absolutely balloon because they've just got no structure, no probably support or anything. There's no foundations to that diet. It's built on it's like a like a house of cards, isn't it? Yeah. Once, just, once that plan goes, it all goes. Yeah, just nutrition by numbers. Yeah, exactly. They've got a piece of paper saying you eat this for breakfast, this for lunch, this for dinner, things like that. And then once that's gone, the whole thing comes comes crumbling down. Mm. Um, the other thing that you sort of said before was kind of like like um, that goes along with with kind of the trust is like what do you do? Where, also, for me, it's like um, if a client comes in and they have sort of heard off plan or they've had a burger or something like that, which I think is completely fine. For me, it's a bigger concern about like why why did it happen? What was the reasoning behind it? Because then if it is a case of like it's an absolute mistake and they feel really bad about it, you've got some – if you understand why it happened, you can put strategies in place to deal with it later on. It might have just been a case of like I really wanted a burger and that tasted really good. And the pictures on social media, you saw it nearly looked a good burger, to be fair. Looks solid. Um, which is fine. And then you can go, right, okay, how do we like how do we educate you in terms of like learning how to incorporate that and make adjustments either later on or beforehand to allow you to have it? There's no like I say if, if if you lose that trust, you lose the ability to educate them and help them in the in the long term beyond whatever they're, you know. The, the period they're working with you for i love the um i love when a client is first out working on a client and they kind of have that little sheepish chat with you about 
oh, I ate some chocolate and stuff on the weekend, a burger, and I just sat there and smiled and go, yeah, so did I. And then you can see, like, the weight just kind of lift off the shoulders, and you go, what? Yeah, so did I. Don't worry about it. Yeah. yeah like, cool. <laughs> like, oh, I have some chocolate. It's like, how much? They're like, oh, half a Twix. And you're like, right? Don't, don't, don't worry. Don't be worried about it, pal. Right. I think I think you'll be all right. Ends up with you looking more guilty than the client. Easter eggs, <laughs> but um, yeah, is that? Do you yeah. ask your clients like uh, when kind of I always try and get it in, whether on like an intake form or within like a few sessions. Like, what's your favorite food? Like, hmm. if you have one meal, what would it be? Like, what do you hate? Like, you know. Because we all have this idea of like we're adults and we all eat vegetables and stuff, but some adults just can't eat. Like they won't eat it. They don't like it. They don't like certain textures. Mm. It's got more to food than just like you say numbers, calories, and flavors, isn't it? Like yeah. Um, oh. Someone told me a story the other day about someone who's had COVID, and they haven't got the taste back. It's been three months. Yeah. Oh, and that'll be well cool. Like you just eat anything you want. And just eat dead healthily, and they went, No, they're sick to death of it. Like, they just want to taste a bacon butty or an avocado. So it's, <laughs> it's funny to say, like, they just want to taste food. Like, yeah, because well, well, like, food's so emotive, so emotive. But it, like, like, it, we've all had when, when, like, you know, you, you've had a day from hell or whatever, you open the fridge, and it's like literally nothing. Is like taking my fancy in that. I think, right, get on the blower, order something. You know, for me, it's usually like pizza and some beers, maybe some ice cream after or whatever. But then it's like, but you have you have that feel better for about half an hour, and then you probably sat there like bloated and think, oh, yeah, maybe we shouldn't have done that, but. Again, like where it's like where where's that fit in with? It's the whole thing, isn't it? Like, wh- what you're training for? Why why are you trying to make changes to nutrition? If you have a pizza, do you jump on the scales the next day and you're like half a stone stone heavier? But no. again, that comes back to education, though, because that's one of them. With that, is like first off, we, like it's. I guess from a trainer-client relationship, it's letting them know we all do that at times where, like say, your emotional brain takes over. In fact, you, you, like, your emotional brain makes all your decisions, but it like makes a big, big decision <laughs> in terms of going like pizza, you know, beers, you know, ice cream or whatever. And then like you say, once your logical brain can get back in control again, it goes, uh, yeah, maybe you shouldn't have done that. But it's then the education knowing in the long run, that isn't going to do like that much damage if you want to call it that. It's mm-hmm. a case of knowing that next meal, if you just get back back on track, nothing's like nothing really is going to going to happen. The weight you gain the next day is likely to be water, a bit of extra food in your digestive system, things like that. And it, therefore, if the weight goes on overnight, it's likely to come off overnight within a couple of days of eating normally again, getting back into normal training habits. That weight will, you know, those few pounds that you put on from it will fall off. It's not yeah. fat that you've you've gained. Um, you've not been doing it for, you know, it's more likely to gain fat if you then go, shit, blown it. And then it becomes like a week or two weeks of eating like 
whatever the hell you want, yeah. that's when you're more likely to start storing fat. Right, it's, it's like that that saying, isn't it? Like if you have if you have a puncher, do you get out of your car and then slash the remaining three tires? Yeah. So it's it's having that relationship with your client of them knowing actually I'm all right to tell it you, but then also being edu- like you educating the client to know actually if that happens, screw it. Learn from why you know what caused it to happen. What was the emotion you were dealing with? Is there something you can do to address that? Mm. And therefore, in the long run, they're in a much better place to do it. But that's come because you've got an open and honest relationship with them. They know that you're not going to like go in and start giving like the Fergie hairdryer treatment and that next session for going off plan. And so therefore they can open up to you and go, right, okay, this is what's happened. You've not gained fat. Yeah, the scales are up a little bit. Give it a few days. It'll go back down again. Crack on as normal. And in the long run, you know, we, we're, we're still on target. Don't don't sweat it. Um, like I had a client last week who for the first time, obviously, you know, things have relaxed, went out uh, with a mate and they got... Um, I can't remember what they were getting for lunch. Anyway, it turns out they weren't that great. So they ended up getting a, a chippy for dinner, like sat in the garden. Something like that had a, had a chippy for dinner. And the next day he was like, mate, I like screwed it and everything like that. And so then he was having, he was doing weight and measures and everything. This, uh, I think it was yesterday. He's like, won't, won't have gone down. You know, I had a relaxed week last week. I had a couple of meals that I shouldn't have had, had that chippy and things. And uh, anyway, waiting yesterday, half a kilo down. I was like, mate, it, it doesn't make a, that big a difference. It was kind of like one and a half, sort of two meals over the course of, what do you have over the course of the week? 20, 20 odd meals uh, plus snacks. It doesn't make that much of a difference. It's more about if you if you end up, end up going off plan and you know it becomes more meals, that's when it's going to start making a difference. Yeah. Here's the thing with like nutrition as well, which we touched on then, is like you say, we we eat for comfort don't we most of the times like we all talk like we, we were having this chat before we come on this on this podcast and even like having a go at Rimmer about the avocado and stuff technically the eggs and avocado is a healthier more nutritious choice than a bacon butty isn't it if someone goes to a bacon butty it's because it's I'd... a taste and a response which you don't have you little weirdo but, <laughs> <laughs> but some people do um so if we do eat like that, it's a behaviour, isn't it? Like we've kind of developed over years. Like I've said about this, and you and your boys have been saying, I used to play rugby and my behaviour was I would go and eat a load of food after it because it was yeah. a behaviour I've just developed and it took a while mm. for me to stop that. So how like stupid are we as trainers when we start to go, here's a diet plan. So all them behaviours took 30 years to ingrain in yourself to go, here's your diet plan, it's got chicken and broccoli on it or like... Yeah, and if you, the coaching comes from being open, honest, talking about why you've at that, like trace your steps back, what what happened in the day, like how you're gonna counteract that, what's your, you know, there's all the actual skills and the relationships of coaching, and I think don't I don't think people understand looking from the outside in, like kind of what we actually do with people as well, you know, like when you actually say I'm a coach over a trainer. <laughs> You shared this, Jones, the other day, and I did as well. I can't remember if you, you must have seen it, Neil, and probably agree with it as well. Is Remember when we first got into PT and they said one of the key skills is empathy. You've got to be able to see things from your, like, your client's point of view and almost like walk a bit in their shoes, understand where they're coming from to be able to coach them and everything like that. I feel, for me, that skill's been lost, whether that message somewhere has been lost, but um, 
saying Ben Carpenter on Instagram shared that last week yeah. saying about empathy. And I know you shared it, James, I did as well. That for me seems to be lost. There seems to be a massive thing as I'm going to generalize it as bodybuilding and physique shows and things like that have become more popular is there does seem to be a trend of here is your diet plan. If you can't stick to it, you're not motivated enough. And it's all like goes away from like the, the, the trainer washes their hands of responsibility. So I've, I've put this plan in. It's all the calories, the, you know, grams of fat, carbs, protein that you need. If you can't follow it, it's because you're not motivated enough. When in fact, it's like they're motivated to do it. They're motivated enough to come and start spending money, uh, you know, and, and probably a fair few hundred quid a month with a PT. But it's like, there's no, nothing that trainer's not gone and put themselves in their shoes and seen what their life's like and things like that. And we've spoken about it before in terms of, we all probably tried to do it to an extent in terms of put ourselves in our client's shoes who had kids you know, before we were parents and thought, right, we're, 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 you know, we're being empathetic and then became parents ourselves and went, actually, I was nowhere near empathetic enough. I never, nowhere near understood how hard it was when you've got, you know, work, business, kids and everything as well. And so I think for somebody who it's got to be very hard for somebody who doesn't have kids, who's younger and probably enjoys their whole life is gym, nutrition, getting on stage or, you know, getting, getting ridiculously lean to be able to put themselves in that person's shoes. And also that person's selling ridiculous results or whatever that person's using wants these clients before and afters to, to market and unfortunately yeah. the, the, the industry we're in at the minute is that sells more than you know that plays on people's yeah. emotions and sells more than here's your long-term thing for health let's not worry about the next six weeks 12 weeks whatever let's worry about the next six months you know two years or whatever yeah i mean that, that's exactly what neely said in a podcast i can't remember which one it was well like as trainers we, we're trying to sell like a, a long a long-term Go, and it's just not sexy, is it? It's like it doesn't like jump out the screen and grab you, other than like right six, twelve, nine, however long weeks. You know, it's just just on the in your grasp. If you just do this, you'll get it. Like, and it goes to the point where there's no coaching. There is zero coaching. Like, how many how many coaches have we played under that have had one one mode of operation like it's that way or you don't play or there's no you know or you, you grasp and you knackers off in the game and you're just being called out for not doing whatever and you're like mate I'm like I'm grafting my ass off here do you know what I mean or you know you've had a bad night the night before or they don't know anything about you you don't think that's different though in in the, in the field of sport or sort of like for us in rugby because probably the levels we play in fact actually i'll take this back this goes probably for all levels until recently it's about you know you're it's all ex-players you guys who played to a decent level have gone gone into coaching and maybe didn't have or they just had like rudimentary um coaching qualifications which certainly in rugby it's just similar to like skill-based skill acquisition things like that whereas it's only recently now that it's you know sports psychology and things like that has come into the top end, it's probably trickled down. And these guys like sort of you, Jones, um, you know, guys that we know from uh, from coaching, things like that, that are actually looking at it from a 
you know, a true coaching standpoint of where you're looking to improve players from like, you know, so therefore you take care of the players, you look after that, that indiv- the individual rather than going, right, to make you a better player, we've got to make you better at passing or whatever. So here's a load of passing drills that you're going to do or whatever as a team. We need to get better at defence. So get your crash helmets on, boys. We're going smashing pads and like knocking lumps out of each other Tuesday evening. <laughs> well, I, th- I think just like from coaching, any, any style of coaching, you've got to know who's in front of you for it to be. It's for, this for just I, how I feel it. I agree. Me, yeah, but I said there's, you know, there's, there's too many coaches in all aspects, sports, training, whatever, that just don't look at who's in front of them and they'll have a cut-out plan or this is the way I operate. They might, they might be very good at what they do, but as in they're very clever, you know, they've got all the, 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 the letters to the name, they've got all the degrees, but they can't talk to the person that's running them. Because if you've got a message, how do you get that into the person in front of you without, you know, saying black and white or shouting at them or whatever? Did you listen to the, um, I know it's another podcast, it's Sean Wayne one, is it the High Performance Podcast? Did yeah. I've not listened yeah. to that yet. So I was shocked by that because obviously when Sean Wayne was coaching like the under 18, under 16s at Wigan, I was at Warrington at the, the same time. And he was always this intimidating and kind of, I always thought, you know, he was just shouting, dictating, telling people what to do. But as I've kind of grown older and I saw him progressing to like the first team and how well they did, a few of the players who have played with who was at Wigan said he was the best coach they've ever had. And I always thought, wow, you know, he seemed like a real dictator. It's only when I listened to that podcast that he was kind of ruthless, but he always said, like, if he would present how he wanted you to be or how he wanted you to play, and if he wasn't happy with your performance, he would let you know, but then he would be like, right, here's a plan for you to get to what I want. And then I think he said something like, there's no player left Wigan, didn't know it was going to happen. He actually, yeah. knocked, he actually knocked on my door and said, I need to go because I can't fulfil what you want. And I was like, that's an amazing, I mean, that's the height, sort of, like the pinnacle of sport. But, you know, that's like us coaching a guy who's in his 40s, got a few kids. Their current nutrition at the moment might not match what they want. So it's so for us to go, okay, where you are at the moment, mate, is you're not going to get sub 10% body fat with that nutrition. Here's where you need to be, but what do we need to do to bridge bridge the gap? You know, like, do you think you can get there? Or is, they'll probably go, actually, no. But it don't mean we'd get rid of them as a client. We just go, you know what? You might get to 14% and be healthier, happier, stronger. You might get a, a spot in the year where you might be able to get sub 10% body fat, but it's not going to be an all-around thing because of things going on. But at least we can set out the the plan and then see, well, let's have a go, but let's see what happens as well. But I think it was just an eye-opening kind of coaching thing. I've, I've never come across that. I've always been, yeah, you're not good enough, see you later type of thing. I never thought there was another way of doing it until I listened to that podcast, especially at high sport anyway. So to spin that again, what you like, what you said that then nearly in terms of like, you've, you've got to have that chat with somebody to get them to where they want to be. If we look at like goal setting, where do you boys sit with that now then? Because we always got told it's like you've got to have these smart goals. So it's got to be specific, measurable, realistic, all that kind of stuff. And it's got to have a time constraint to it. 
So that, I think for me that breeds into that, like, right, it's a six week, eight week, 12 week plan or whatever. And you have little targets to hit along the way. But for me, that isn't always achievable and it isn't always beneficial to the clients to go, right, you've got to lose X amount of weight. You've got to be in X size shirt or jeans by this time. Yeah. I think sometimes the, you know, then have you noticed it? So Jones was thinking that, like they kind of go, I want to be a size 12 or whatever in two weeks. And sometimes they'll set some goals and you're going, yeah, you can't do that. Or that's a bit ambitious. You know what I mean? I felt like when I was early on as a trainer, a lot of that come up like setting goals with people and someone's, I don't know, 18 stone and they want to be 10 stone or whatever. And then they're like, right, I'll lose stone every three weeks. And I'm like, we set these amazing smart goals, but they're not actually achievable. So it was like, kind of didn't work so much. But well, I think that comes from there, from your point of view, like being honest mm. and just going, do you know what? Potentially that's that's not going to be manageable with what you're going on there. And that, that's where I sort of look with clients, like, yes, we want to try and get like a long-term plan in the diary and say, right, this is your long-term goal. This is what we're this is what we're ultimate aiming for. But at the minute, we need to get A, B, C, D, and E in place first. So let's build, build some real good strong foundations, some real good habits, to make some real positive changes, and then we'll review that long-term goal in a couple of months. Once we've got better understanding of nutrition and training and how it fits into your lifestyle. We'll review it again in a couple of months and then we'll see if that's still what you want or whether the sort of what you've done so far is actually change your mind and you might want to do something else. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So what like on that then, Jones, because I, I I guess I do similar. I just to be honest, to an extent, sack off the time constraint of it. I like something that's obviously like specific, achievable, and you might have to ask them, you know, if you get somebody who's coming into you going, like, I want to be like, you know, Daniel Craig coming out of the sea in Casino Royale, but I've got like, you know, a business to run, three kids to sort out and everything like that. And then you're going, is that legit based off of this is what you're going to have to do to get there? Is that, you know, what you exactly what you want to do? But you don't know the, like, we can't always know how achievable a certain time frame is because, you know, you don't know how somebody's going to respond to a diet. You might get somebody who the weight falls off them but you might get somebody who's like, you know, slow, they're, they're solid and consistent with the nutrition, mm. but their rate of fat loss and the, the speed their body loses it is, is slower. Or, the, you know, they don't lose it all from around the middle. They lose it off like kind of their arms, legs, chest, whatever. But, you know, they they naturally hold more fat around the middle. I just find it more of a difficult one to go, right, well, let's put a time constraint on it. I think... Well, like for me, I, I suck it off. But then it, I, I agree that it comes to the point of the question within where you go, right, we're now, whatever, six months, 12 months into it. What do you want to achieve? Do you, is that still what you want to go after? Or is it becoming too much of a cost on your, or too much of a high price to, that you've got to sacrifice in your lifestyle and how you want to live your life to get there? Or do you still feel like you could make more sacrifices the more time in the gym, more, you know, more workouts, more steps on a daily basis, you know, cut 
calories a little bit more, keep tracking everything. You do. Can you still do that for longer to get to, you just don't want to be able to do that to get to that goal? That for me, it, it's it's not so much that the physicality of like looking at the scales or buying a certain dress size, clothes size, or whatever. It's a feeling, isn't it? Like that sense of achievement. It's so like the sort of the physical embodiment of it, whatever sort of you want to attach to that. It's how you want to feel, and that's why you know it's a constantly for me. I've noticed with clients, it's like a constantly evolving thing. Unless it's like something specific where they go, I am getting married in three months. Or oh, yeah. Six months. So then it's like, okay, that, that is a specific target to work towards that. But for, for the sort of 99% of clients that we work with, it's, it's an ever, ever evolving thing. And it and it's, comes down to a lot more of lifestyle and how you feel and energy and, and everything other than just looking at some scales or a, a good before and after because it gives them a feeling. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you find with guys as well that when you take guys on, the, the surface level stuff is, yeah, I can just grind it out and I can just give me a diet plan because I can do it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, we're the same as well. And you're going, yeah. no, mate, because you, you're going to run out of juice. You're like, Hmm. I think with guys, you've got to really like, and anyone listening, you've got to actually go, just sieve through your own bullshit sometimes in your own head and kind of go, no, I'm not just going to take a diet plan and do it 100% because I'm solid and I can do it. I just think a lot of guys, we do that, don't we? We go, give me the plan, give me the nutrition, 12 weeks, I'll be shredded. Like, because I can, do you know what I mean? Where I feel like just working with females in the past is they're a bit more open to go, don't like that. Don't like that. That food's not great. Where guys go, yeah, I'll just, I'll just chomp, I'll just chomp down some broccoli while I'm, while I'm cracking on. And like, I'm all right eating cold chicken, and you know, like because it's, I don't know, is it, is it ego? It's that surface level stuff. They don't really want to tell you that. They get upset watching Titanic and had a pack of popcorn. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, their image. I think we've spoken about this before. I can't remember. Their image of coming and seeing a PT in a gym is like some absolute unit who, uh, you know, benches, you know, five times their own body weight and stuff like that, abs all year round and sleeps in a plank position. It's like that. So they're like, I don't, don't want to look uh, soft in front of him or like that. And then that's when you have that conversation where you said they go, oh, mate, yeah, I had a bit of a, a lapse at the weekend. And you go, right, what happened? You caved and had a beer then on Saturday night watching the footy. And you're going, just one. I, I, I had two or three. <laughs> and they go, all right, so so that's all right, or whatever. And you go, right, here's where the, the, the boundaries lie. And they sort of like realise they can open up to you a little bit more. But I do think it comes with that perception of PTs or trainers being like Love Island contestants and stuff like that. Nice. Smoking this, what, off social media, isn't it? Oh, exactly. Yeah. Here we well, go. Old man Jones hunting on social yeah, media again. No, no, we, we can part that for a minute, but I was just going to say from a, from a coach point, it's, again, it's listening to what a client's saying and the language they use. Like you were saying then, like, oh, da, 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 da. I, I lapsed at the weekend, I had a beer. It's like, not that's, not, that's not a lapse. Do you know what I mean? Like, let's, let's put a bit of reality in what we're saying here. And then you get an understanding of where their minds at with it and what you know I said oh I had a bit of chocolate I had two 
had two two bits of like dairy milk out of the bar. It's like that's not lapsed. Or I had a donut. It's like that's not a lapse. Tell you what, if you're two bo- two squares of dairy milk out of a bar and put the rest back, I say that's a positive. That's strength. I get two two squares into a uh, dairy milk. That, that bar's getting finished. Yeah, you're right though. The language you use, I uh, I have a client and uh, I do call him a Weight Watchers warrior because he's done Weight Watchers in the past. And he, he just from talking to him, um, I know he's like he's been taught the the low fat diet method. He will explain a food like uh, I had a fat, I had a, I had a full fat coke on the weekend. Ooh. I'm like, I don't think there's any fat in coke, mate. But anyway, but he'll like, oh, he'll be like, I had a meal and uh, I had some chicken and I just, and I had some fry light and, but he really emphasised that I had some fry light. I didn't do it with olive oil, you know, like, and you're like, right, like I don't, I don't really care, but you know what I mean? You can tell that's coming through his language, like you're saying, these things you can pick out and go, mm. all right, so what's, what's the problem with that then? <laughs> mm. Or what you've heard before and some um, and beliefs, isn't it? What's probably been put in. Yeah. yeah. Especially maybe we get younger people now or, you know, you don't know what the parents have taught them with nutrition as well or what the news is telling them or, you know, especially with all the stuff on Netflix and things now people are watching. You don't know what belief system they're working mm. with, do you? So you sometimes, like you say, as a coach, you might have to listen and go, that's interesting what they've just said. And you might have to venture a bit further into that that conversation to see what they're actually thinking. Yeah, 100%. I think, I think, you know, that's one of the, the key things as coaching. Like, we all get, I suppose, into the trap of like, when we sat down in front of somebody and go like, they need to know how good I am at what I do. We just talk at them, talk at them, talk at them. But, it should 100% be the other way around. Listen, listen, like, look, we've got two ears and one mouth. So there's your clue. Do you know what I mean? Like, listen twice as much as you talk. It is, and it's not spilling out, like, trying to, like, almost, like, make yourself, like, look like the font of all knowledge. I've been guilty of this as a young trainer going like, right, let me tell you everything that I know about nutrition. <laughs> let me tell you how complicated it is and how scientific it is because it'll sound really cool. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. no, you just sound like a massive douche. Yeah, and like, just just talk to them as a human being. That's, you know, so whether it is training, nutrition, mindset, coaching or whatever, just treat them as a human being in front of you that, all the complications and all, and all the things that come with being a human being. I had a great one the other day. You know, um, I did a tweet in and we all had a bit of a laugh about it, like trainers going on about calorie deficits and stuff, and just saying calorie deficit. <laughs> and I did, and it, it does me any, And I did a presentation the other day to some uh, accountants of a, a few of my clients. And I did this presentation, and one of them said, like, what's a calorie deficit? Like she thought it was like some sort of thing, like, and I could tell she was so confused because she kept hearing it. And I had to say, you know, if you're at the park on the seesaw, like I said, if my little one's on one side and I'm on the other, she's, you know, I'm probably like heavier. I said, like, if you want to lose weight, you're gonna have to balance it out. The calorie deficit's like when you're kind of eating less and you're losing weight. But she could just see she's on the other end of this Zoom call and she was just like. Oh, right, because all she's hearing and seeing is calorie deficit, calorie deficit. She didn't even know what it was. And uh, I just thought it shows you, doesn't it? Like the information people take in and kind of setting it as a coach to understand the, 
what's going on. <laughs> like you said, it must be hundreds of times when I was a young trainer just saying stuff and the clients in the red going, what is he going on about? But I'm not going to say anything. Cause... Just eat less and move more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just... What's wrong with you? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I tell you what, all I, all I took from that nearly now is I'm thinking about where the nearest seesaw is because I'm making a social media post out of that. Getting Lyle on the end of the seesaw. Don't see him anymore in park. How do you take that picture? What are you going to do? Like one side, like selfie stick? No. <laughs> no, he'll get loose. He'll get, get loose. <laughs> we're going for a walk. <laughs> Lila, we're going for a walk. <laughs> Go tour all the parks around here and find one with a seesaw in it. As long as you tag me and say thanks for the analogy, the winner. I won't. Thanks for Louis Spence for the uh, <laughs> analogy. <laughs> <laughs> Can't remember where I got this one from, but... Yeah. So Louis Spence keeps popping in the head. <laughs> Mate, you do, you're like his twin brother at the minute with that haircut now. Yeah, I'll take it, I'll take Particularly it. Particularly with your, uh, when you put that, what they call those, like, emoji ones of yourself. What, what happened with that? Like, I didn't know I had that on my phone. It come through and I went, I tried to delete it and I was like, they're going to see this. <laughs> Anyway, it's a proper dad thing, like anyone listening, you know, them emoji thing. It's obviously gone through to the uh, WhatsApp group. I just looked at it and went, Is that me? What's what's that? When did, when did I do that? And I was like, Shit, delete. And it, I was like, No, I'll leave it. I'm like, what the We'd already seen it. <laughs> it's a shocker, wasn't it? it? Must have done that months ago. Is that, is that what you do when you just trying to work out if you like if you shaved your hair what you were going to look like so yeah. rather than like, doing it on your uh, on the camera on your phone or something like that, you just create one of those emojis to. All right, to there you go. You, like. you two are gonna have to do one and put it in the group. We'll share them. Mate, to be fair, I did it to uh, the same thing with uh, before November, and I said to her, like, I'm gonna do like what type of moustache I'll do, and just start putting different moustaches on it. There's one on there still where it's got like proper like. <laughs> trucker style handlebar moustache <laughs> every now and then I bring it out maybe that should be the uh, uh, picture for the Strong Dads podcast just us three as emojis like some dumbbells or something Can you imagine uh, Joneses what would it be my would just be like a pig and something too. <laughs> tell you what Jones what I got the other day that video of you and Fred rolling down the hill was brilliant <laughs> the one thing it was every time you rolled over and the sun was like glaring oh, the, hey, uh, I, said, I said that to Kate I was looking at it and I was like oh my god mate first thing I saw <laughs> she was like oh the video is not very good I took it from far away like I didn't realise she was taking it and then I was just like that's not far away enough you can still <laughs> see even from that distance you can still see the glaring patch the bird's nest hello <laughs> Shave it off, go on. No. We look like... Uh, an know. idiot. Yeah, what we look like. You. Right, what were they called? Is it right said Fred, that old grin? <laughs> oh, <laughs> stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this guy's got me a post in that somewhere, Jesus. They look oh, like... Yeah. Um, is it Dan Aykroyd in Conad? Conads, was it? <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Nutri- we're talking about nutrition broccoli broccoli, yeah. broccoli. I was going to say well actually I'm gonna, while we're hammering you Jones for that, when you said that about um, when we're talking about time constraints for uh, diets and things like that and you went oh yeah but it's different if you've got a wedding or something you're coming up for you hammered me the other week when we got to that conversation when I went to we were on that course in Dublin and I went to do beach sprints on the Saturday morning before uh, the week before I got married and you're there like giving it all chilling out in bed with your cup of tea in the morning 
while I went to uh, go and do sprints, and you hammered me for that. Yeah. I was on a t- time constraint. I had a wedding and honeymoon the week after. Doing half a dozen sprints on the beach at some ungodly hour in the morning isn't going to make you look any better on your day. Hey, if you sat in bed and had a cup of tea, it would be part no of my, uh Part of my training regime, that was getting sick in the boxes, getting them done. This is non-negotiables, Joe. Exactly, non-negotiables. <laughs> Everything's negotiable. How many did you do? Like, just that I can't remember. It had been at least 10. I can't remember because I was just supposed to go for a run. And then uh, I went, oh, it's a beach there. I'll just go and do some sprints down that because I thought I didn't really know the local area. But yeah, you burn more calories in the morning than you do in the afternoon, or was it just... Fasted, fasted cardio, mate, isn't it? You know, all that. Yeah. Thing, you know. One of my clients asked me that this morning. She was like, what, what's the best thing to eat in the morning before training? It's like bacon butty, why? <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. No, but she was like, but, I, but I've just heard that um, like it's better to like train in the morning when you've not eaten. Just like, there's, there's nothing, it's, it's whatever you want. If you, if you can handle food in the morning, fine. If you can't, don't, you, there's, there's no, there's no like, Better. So what's the exact study on that? Is it, it's very minimal, isn't it? Like the yeah, the actual cardio versus very small differences when they actually did it. Yeah, it's yeah. not. I don't think it's a significant difference. Yes, you will burn. You, you might burn a high percentage of fat as like the fuel source for that workout, mainly because you've not got like you know you've not got any like you know blood sugar levels aren't as high and things like that because you've not eaten for. For hours, so you will obviously that you're going straight for what you've got stored in your muscles. So then at some point, probably sooner, you're more likely to start dipping into into fat stores. That's why. Whereas if you've, eat, you've eaten, you've got you know your um, muscle and liver glycogen stores, like your carb stores, are full, and then you've probably got sugar knocking around in your bloodstream that can be used straight away. But then, you know, that brings you back into the fact we're not trying to burn. You don't burn that many calories in the gym. You know, if you burn 300 calories in a workout, you're doing pretty well. So it's like you may as well go into the gym. You what, sorry? It's literally a Mars bar. Yeah, it's a bit more than that. But like, you know, it's less than a McDonald's burger, isn't it? Pretty much. Which most people, you know, you get a lot of people walk out of the gym and go, right, workout done. Earn myself a takeaway or whatever. It's like you're better off going into the gym in a situation where you feel like your best to be able to go and, lift as heavy as possible or whatever, you know, get as much work done. Especially you, you want to go into the gym feeling your best so that you can then effectively burn as many calories as possible, get stronger, build muscle, all that kind of stuff. And then like, you know, you sort your diet out, you nail your diet, then you're in the, you know, you're making the best of that. The, the You're making the most of that time in the gym. Whereas if you go in the gym, either having not eaten because you think it's the best thing to do it fasted, but you feel like really low on energy. You start to feel faint when you're when you're working out and you train and things like that. And then you have to cut your workout short. You're not making the most of the time. Or you go in there having eaten because you think you've got to have fueled your workout, but it's sitting horrible on your stomach and you feel sick and all that kind of stuff. Again, you're not going to do your best work in there. You're better off just worrying about going in there, you know, training as hard and as smart as you can, and then narrow that outside it. But 
I guess with human nature. And I don't know why with diets and, and training, we're up people, whether people assume it's easy or they should be able to do it, I don't know, but people automatically look for what's the best thing for me to do, what's the most optimal thing I should be doing rather than going, let's nail the foundations. But if you know, I think we spoke about it before. It was, if you were going to learn to play the guitar, you'd start off just learning basic chords and simple songs that are like, you know, like three or four chords. You won't go straight into trying to play like Bohemian Rhapsody or something like that, would you? But it's like with nutrition, yeah. people automatically jump to go in and trying to do that stuff straight away. Well, but it's not, it's not, that's not just nutrition. That's pretty much most things. Yeah. <laughs> nice. There's a bit, I'd argue happens more in that. Like, you know, if... I get there's a bit of it. So like if I go and play golf, I still expect to be able to play golf like I did 10 years ago and I was playing all the time or whatever, or probably a bit longer than that. But very, you know, I, I'd argue most things we expect, accept ourselves are going to be, we're going to be crap at it to begin with. Whereas, you know, particularly, with, you know, with sports things, like that, if you've never done it before, you expect yourself to be, you know, if you, if you were going to go skiing or something like that, having never done it before, you'd expect to spend a lot of time on your backside. You wouldn't expect to be like within a week whatever razzing it down black runs or whatever whereas with nutrition you expect to be like sticking to your diet perfectly from day one yeah it happened to me in the gym like when we were in the gym a guy uh passed me a phone roll like a rugby ball i had to pass it in back and i literally just threw it on the floor and he went you used to play rugby and i was like i know it's pathetic that in it i had to pick it up and like proper throw it in back but it just shows you know, that the skill like you said i used to have it i've not done it for a while it's gone to like, you've got to rebuild, same like going back to gym or starting with nutrition. You've got to start with your basics and you know, build up the, the skills. It's like people when they do fat burners and, you know, you don't use all your ammunition at once. You know, if you do want to do fasting, you know, like don't do it as your first thing. Like start your basics, like you say, build the foundations and then you might hit a bit of a sticking point. You might add a few more steps in before breakfast or something. That might be the little shift to do more then it might be i don't know you don't eat a bit later or something because you know you find yourself picking on foods at night so you say right i'll have a cut off window at seven or whatever and that'll stop you having a few quality streets and a cream egg or whatever so like you know don't use all your ammunition at once when it comes to nutrition like you say all the time use your use the foundations first and build the house minimal dose response isn't it you want to get the most results from doing from i guess like the least i say the least possible effort but the least i guess significant changes to your lifestyle because yeah. then if you, you can build like consistent habits you can keep it feeling normal unless as least like a diet as possible the easier it's going to be to to maintain and then like you say you've got those foundations in place and then you can start to layer more and more on top of it and you're not building up your diet on a on a house of cards so you know your you, you health and fitness isn't going to be built on that house of cards that as soon as you've not got a plan to follow it falls down that's why fad diets isn't it like you just said when you're playing that i was like it isn't it when you do a fad diet your whole health and fitness is pivoted and built on this fad diet and when you no longer can do that diet your health and fitness is now i don't do it instead of doing something else you're just like oh doing keto because I need to lose weight and it's really healthy for me. And all of a sudden you've, you've had a few slices of bread and a gap, a few slices of bread and some pasta. Oh, I'm not in ketosis anymore. I'm not, and my only keto diet don't work. So my whole health and fitness is out the window now. Like you've attached it to a diet, not 
health fitness is something completely different. Yeah. Rim is writing posts here again. I can see his fingers. He's making ammunition for the week and everything like that. Louis Spence said. <laughs> I was actually just looking at it. It's snowing. I know. I just saw it. Yeah. Mate, it's going to be knee deep where you are. You're going to have to learn how to ski. Oh, yeah. I might have to get the old dog sled out soon. <laughs> I was this the other day to misses. Like Easter weekend, I remember playing on Easter weekend. It was always, might have rained a little bit, but it's always scorching hot. That was my yeah. Easter weekend playing rugby in a boiling yeah. hot. Because you played yesterday and it was absolutely freezing. Yeah, because you didn't used to play like two, two games in four days or something like yeah, that. It was Friday, Easter, Monday, innit? Yeah, Friday, and Monday. And I was always like, because I was the younger one. <laughs> I was a bit more resilient. So <laughs> Eighty minutes Friday, I did, um, and, and then like pack it up, back it up Monday, and then like nice one. Cheers. Senior pros with their uh, armchairs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on, kid, take another, take another. <laughs> hey, I was going to say that then when you uh, said about passing that foam roller back like a wood ball, it's because you never had to pass; it was just catch and carry. Yeah, man. I actually, I've been told off a coach, don't, don't pass. <laughs> do not pass the ball yeah mate I, uh, I joined in last week on Tuesday because like one team was short and literally got to a bit of an edge went to pass to the person next to me about yeah five five ten yards away and just threw it over the head into touch <laughs> and it's like right yeah definitely rusty while well, you're just getting loads of grief off the lads and you're like oh great nice one <laughs> go for a lap take a lap <laughs> Yeah. Don't spend it in snow. I don't, yeah. I don't count. <laughs> if that's an analogy for getting back to the gym next week, then it never is one. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go ahead and put 100 kilo on my back. I'm going to start eating whatever. Yeah, it's not going to go to plan, is it? No, because how many people do you reckon are just like holding off doing something till Monday? <laughs> yeah. I'll start my diet Monday because I go to gym Monday night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole of the podcast in itself, that you know. I was going to say that's uh, that's one for the future. Yeah. Yeah. Thinking we'll probably come to a good point to uh, wrap it up, unless you boys have got anything else. Um, oh. Yes, saying oh. bacon is not a good choice on the body. Let's just revisit that before we go. Let's bacon over avocado any day. Conquer. Not having it, but bacon butter is a it's a waste. You like the taste of card, really? Like the actual yeah. taste. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Just, <laughs> just a bit slimy, isn't it? It's, it's slime. It's slimy and pretentious. So slimy and pretentious. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> it is like you go into like a cafe for like what is effectively like. A one pound meal, and you're paying like 12 quid. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that you can get a bacon butty from like some greasy spoon for a couple of quid, and it's like the best thing in the world. That's it. It's like you can get it from a greasy spoon, or you can get it from somewhere else. It's exactly the same thing, but it like there's no, you know, there's no. There's just nothing to it. There's no benefit to it. If you go into a nice cafe, you have a nice breakfast, like that. 
I'm going to put money on my dad has never eaten an avocado. Because I, I reckon I've not eaten, I only probably ate avocado when I went started being a PT because it was like, oh, you live in Bolton. Avocados haven't made it there yet. Hey, mate, my dad's from the other neck and wants a Salford, mate. Isn't it? There we go. They're definitely not. Ad- the only thing I said that, I gave him a piece of halloumi the other day and he was like, I'm not eating that. It's cheese. And I was like, You'll like it. And he was like, Nah. I went, Honestly, I have a dad, have a piece of this. And he ate it like, Oh, yeah, it's like chicken, isn't it? And I was like, not really, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... <laughs> well, that... So yeah, I'm going to ask him in a bit. I'll get back to you on that. Got, I got this image of your uh, dad being like a butcher. So everything he tastes, he just likens to a meat. Believe yeah. it, that's like chicken. Like chicken, yeah. It's like an oxtail. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, let's wrap it up there then before you start sticking the boot into me anymore. I think Phil, that's why we wrapped up last week's podcast as well. Taking a bit to me. Um, so yeah, thank you very much, everybody listening, and for the feedback and things like that. People have been uh, sending in to us. Please, if you do have feedback, leave it on like the review on Apple Podcasts. I don't know if Spotify do reviews or ratings, but if they do, please leave it there as well. Um, uh, I think that's about it. So. Yeah, please keep sharing it. It does help us get it out to more people and helps us to spread our message of relaxed approaches to uh, to diets and Jones's hashtag don't eat like a dickhead. Um, <laughs> so yeah, thank you very much for listening. We will be back again next week. We've got some guests lined up just with timings and things with the world opening back up again. We need to nail them down uh, and we can get back to, to that again. I hope everybody's well and we'll be back next week. Speak to you then.